1: Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Rob Lilly, in for Lucia Ariano this week, and here's what's coming up.
2: Within a few days, I had my purse stolen uh, from a guy on a motorbike containing my cash, which was a bit of a nightmare. But I still had my card, went to the bank, and of course, it swallowed that card. The
0: data provider, Money Fact, warns that someone taking out 250 pounds from an ATM abroad with a debit card typically you're going to face charges of just under 12 quid just for the privilege of accessing your own money while you're away
3: grab your cash before you go just don't do it at the airport if you leave it that late you're at the mercy of those bureaus so basically you're going to get ripped off
1: it's ironic that Lucia is off on our holidays this week, as today we're chatting all things travel money. With the summer holidays fast approaching, we'll be discussing how to pay on holiday, discussing everything from where to go to get the best deals, what rates to look out for, and whether cash or card is king on paying overseas. And to do that, I'm joined by Witch Money podcast regular Jenny Ross and making her debut on the Witch Money podcast from the Witch Travel team. It's Lauren Bell. Hello both.
0: Hi Rob. Hello.
1: Now first things first and a very important question, have either of you been able to get away so far this year and if so where did you go and if not have you got any plans for any future travel later on this year?
0: Oh, I am so pleased to be able to say yes I've finally been able to get away. I had my first um post-covid holiday abroad last month um and uh, really made it count. We went we, we went far. We went to Mexico.
1: And, oh, exciting.
0: Oh, it was glorious, Rob. Yeah, I think it could be probably summed up in uh, tacos, margaritas and, and Mayan ruins. So what what more could you want? It was it was a delight. Yeah.
1: What about you, Lauren? Have you uh, have you been away yet this year?
3: I have. i was so I was so happy to get away it's the first time since well, I think it was February 2020. We all know what happened in the middle. Um, yeah, I went to, not too far, I went to Grand Canaria in March. Um, I just really desperately wanted some sunshine. Um, and obviously, we all know the Canaries is good for winter sun. So, yeah, it was really, really good. I actually went away with my mum. We chose Puerto de Mogan um, in Grand Canaria. I used the witch survey, of course, to Obviously. obviously best canary island on there um well i hadn't been to grand canary before so wasn't too sure where to go yeah it was a good choice though um it's just a lovely little cove beach like some really nice restaurants and of course like sunshine which is what i really went for but yeah i'm more jealous of mexico the margaritas jenny
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm tempted by Grand Canary. That's going. That's going on the list. And, and Rob, to complete the set, you you were off to Eurovision, weren't you? Which was in was that in Italy? Was that your last trip abroad?
1: Yeah, it was yes, yeah. Thank you for asking, Jenny. Very nice of you. Yeah, I was in I was in Turin in Italy in May, and uh, some of my other tra- travels this year, which I think will come up later on in today's episode. I've also been to Sweden, which was in March, which was, as you can imagine, nice and chilly. Uh, and I've done a bit of Croatia and Slovenia as well. So actually, making the most of being able to.
0: Oh, you're really getting back out there.
1: Yeah, making the most of being able to travel again. It's been good.
0: Well, let's find out if you if you um, if you spent wisely while you were away. If you need need to apply some. <laughs> more of our tips when you go abroad next.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like this episode needed to exist before I uh, went on those <laughs> trips. But hopefully for you listening, it'll be useful if you've got any uh, holidays planned over the next few few weeks and months. Now, Lauren, you have been looking at exactly this. We're talking, of course, about travel money for a recent piece you wrote for the Which Money magazine. Now, if if we start with what seems like an obvious question to me, when it comes to getting your hands on cash before heading off, is it better to get it before you leave the UK or in some cases, could you be better off waiting until you actually reach your final destination?
3: I mean, just it's probably just easier to get it before you go, to be honest, um, change it up in the UK, um, especially if you want physical cash on you. Um, it's just easier because you can compare the bureau rates. Um, they they don't actually have to offer the same exchange rates to you, so they can vary like quite wildly um depending so yeah it's really good to be able to look at what's out there shop around a bit um, give yourself a little bit time before you go find the best deal just for practical reasons um carry some cash with you um you know if you lose your bank card or something you're you're not you're not going to be in a great position so it's good to have a little bit of cash also just like things like the cab at the airport what if they don't take a card great just to have a little bit of emergency cash in your pocket. It's not the end of the world, though. If you're one of those that leaves it to the last minute, you could just take a card out there, grab some cash from an ATM. But if you do use your card out there, just don't use any old card. Don't just whack out your normal debit card and think it's all right to take money out of the uh, cash machine because you're going to just get uh, charged, to be honest. It's better to use specialist travel, debit and credit cards, they allow you to spend in store, take out cash at an ATM like a normal card would. But the best ones, they don't charge these like wild fees. So there's something called like a foreign transaction fee abroad, which getting into nitty gritty, it's about 3% of the transaction. So, you know, if you spend 100 quid, you're going to get charged three pounds on top just to take cash out just to spend. It's not ideal. Whereas with these specialist travel, debit and credit cards, you you won't. Yeah, it's definitely worth like looking around, making sure you've got the right card in your pocket. Um, but yeah, if that's not for you, grab your cash before you go. Um, just, just don't do it at the airport. If you leave it that late, you're at the mercy of those bureaus. So um, basically, you're gonna get ripped off.
1: Yeah, Lauren, it's funny you mention not paying on any old card when you're abroad because unfortunately, I had all the right intentions, but then fell foul of that when I was in Italy for said Eurovision trip because I'd got a travel money card that I'd had for quite a long time and it was still in date so I was like oh I'll just use this and put some money on it however I then forgot that I'd forgotten the pin number for it and by that point I was already in Italy
3: oh Rob
1: I know I know so I had to use my other card and as you said there Lauren got charged a transaction fee for every single thing that I paid for so that was less than ideal Uh, Jenny I'm going to throw to you now because importantly Lauren said the words there Definitely don't pay for it at the (laughs) airports.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is still smarting a little bit. Um, And I'm about to ruin the illusion that I I always make super savvy money decisions. Um, Because on that uh, recent trip to Mexico, I was... um, shockingly disorganized in the run-up to the trip which I, I, I must say is very out of character um but yeah I had I had a wobble um I I did I think I did, I did look on some um travel money comparison sites maybe a day or two before we to travel but it was it was just too late um that you know there was going to be a delay in um the money being available and being available to collect so I, um, yeah, I, I, as Lauren was just saying, I mean, I could have waited to take it out on at an ATM when I was there, but I just wanted that peace of mind that if there was an emergency, I would have that cash in my pocket. So gosh, yeah, I, I dragged myself reluctantly to the, um, to the Bureau de Change at Gatwick and winced as they told me what the exchange rate was. I think it probably, I think it worked out as I was probably almost 50 quid worse off um, doing it that way compared to You know, doing the the smart thing of of comparing online before, and I didn't even take out that much money as well. So it really does uh, pay to to think ahead. Take it as a cautionary tale.
1: Yeah, that could have been a lot of margaritas (laughs) for that extra fifty quid as well. Oh, don't! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now we've also been speaking to travel podcaster Portia Jones, and she's been sharing her own travel money nightmares with us for this week's episode.
2: The machine swallowed my card. In Vietnam, (laughs) so it gets worse. So within a few days, um, I had a few incidents happen to me in Vietnam. I had my purse stolen uh, from a guy on a motorbike containing my cash, which was a bit of a nightmare. But I still had my card, so I was okay. So I had my currency card, so I was like, I'm completely fine. Went to the bank, and of course, it swallowed that card. I was, and then I was thinking, it's fine. I've got my HSBC card. That was blocked by the bank because I was in Vietnam. Then I started to get very ill. Turned out I had cholera, um, which, (laughs) which is a whole other travel disaster story. But I did find myself very ill in Vietnam with no access to money. And I survived... Like I do in most travel situations, purely off the kindness of strangers, other travelers and hostel staff helping me out and sorting me out with a bit of money until I could get everything, you know, sorted out with the bank and things like that. But it does make you think when things go wrong abroad, obviously sometimes there can be a lot more language barriers and things like that, because when I went into the bank to try and retrieve my card, no one spoke any English, which of course completely reasonable I'm in Vietnam (laughs) I don't speak any Vietnamese so that was a little bit of a tricky situation because then I obviously also needed to access medical care because I was very unwell and for about 24 hours I had no money in which to try and sort anything out and I couldn't buy any food or things like that so it was I was mostly saved by the the kindness of other travellers and hostel staff, which, you know, just goes to highlight how wonderful and crazy the travel experience can be.
1: Yeah, we've already mentioned the term cautionary tales plenty of times on today's episode. And that one from Porsche is definitely in that category. Now, while we're talking cash, it seems only right to discuss the best places to get your hands on some. Clearly, the airport is not one of them. Lauren, how can people make sure they're getting the best deals here?
3: I mean, simply put, I just use a currency comparison service online. Then you can just check like which one's offering the best rate. Um, one of those that's um, a bit more well known is Travel Money Max. So um, that's a good place to start. Um, even if you don't order it, um, you could just get an idea of a good and a, a bad exchange rate that day before buying. Um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, they really do vary, the rates. So, for example, I, I just had a quick look um, and the rates are ranging from 1.11 to 1.14. Um, doesn't sound a big difference, but, you know, if you then put £500 and change it up into euros, you get 15 extra euros. I mean, it's not to be sniffed at, is it? A few extra wines at the bar, Um so I think it is definitely worth the uh, shopping around, um, but it's not the only thing you should look at. It's um, the exchange rate is one thing, but there are other factors to look at too. Uh, delivery fees, you know, if you want it delivered to your house, um, some one of the worst I saw online yesterday was going to charge you fifteen pounds for delivery. Um, oh my gosh! I know. Re- just How can there's I no just point. Buy that? Yeah. It's outrageous. Like it was the best one of the best rates, but it just negates all all kind of benefits. Also, you need to factor in things like changing up bigger amounts. You might get a better rate. That often have happens at the post office um, that I've seen anyway.
1: And on that, Lauren, a really important point. It's important, right, to, to make sure you leave enough time to actually get hold of the currency you need. Because there are some destinations where you think they might have the currency readily available and they actually don't. So I've already mentioned I've been to Sweden and Croatia this year. They're both in Europe, but both times I actually needed to wait while the currency was ordered in before collecting it.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um the more obscure the currency, definitely um places that have their own currency that isn't widely used or um you know isn't perhaps a popular tourist destination, I would research that order in advance, um ask if they actually stock it. Um some places might not stock it, and they might also not be able to order it in. It depends how niche it is. But, pla- I mean, Sweden and Croatia obviously doesn't feel particularly obscure, but they do have their own currency. So, yeah, like you, like you say, it's definitely worth asking in advance um, and trying not to grab it on the day because you might come unstuck. Um, in general, though, yeah, euros or dollars, probably a pretty safe bet. But anything else, just ask in advance
1: now Jenny if we move on we've been discussing cash of course we have mentioned cards here and there and it seems like it's part of every holiday checklist doesn't it getting some actual physical notes stuffing the travel money in an envelope and putting that in a safe place in your rucksack or your suitcase perhaps but what about when it comes to paying on card if we crunch the numbers what do they tell us about which option always ends up or sometimes ends up being the best way to pay
0: well, it is always a good idea to take a bit of cash with you. But the main message here is that actually, a card is almost always going to be the cheapest way to spend abroad. Um, and that's because the best debit or credit cards will easily beat the exchange rates that you're going to get um, by uh, from Bureau de Change when you buy currency. But I, I, I use the word best very deliberately. There is a big range of, of, of options here. And the worst cards can hit you with a fee every time Time you spend or withdraw cash in a foreign currency. So, as we've been talking about, it really does pay to, to pick carefully. Uh, j- just to give you an idea of, of how those fees can add up, um, the data provider Money Facts um, uh, warns that someone taking out £250 from an ATM abroad with a debit card typically you're going to face charges of um just under 12 quid just for the privilege of accessing your own money while you're away um and with a credit card it's even more up to uh, just under 15 quid in in fees and then on top of that you've got um you've got interest being charged as well if it's uh if it's a credit card we, we've already touched on just purchases overseas just you know spending on your card um and the potential for a uh foreign currency fee to, to be whacked on every time you tap and go or or, or, or pop your card in. And the other massive perk of paying by plastic is the extra protection that you get. And I have uh, seen that firsthand. Um, a few years ago, my uh, my boyfriend was pick-pock- pickpocketed on uh, the metro in Athens. Um, he had a few euros in there, um, but thankfully not not that much. We didn't have a lot of cash. It was mainly cards. And he we got straight back to the the apartment we were staying with, uh, staying at. And he um, he just rang his bank, got the got the cards from Frozen. there had been some money that, that was spent on it, but because you're paying by card, um, you are protected uh, against unauthorised transactions and your uh, credit or debit card provider have to refund you in those, in, in those instances. Another big uh, attraction for credit cards in particular is this lovely piece of legislation called Section 75, which can make your credit card provider jointly liable if anything goes wrong with a purchase. And amazingly, that also extends to overseas purchases. Um, so yeah, all the more reason to, um, to, to pack your card with you when you go abroad but pack the right one
1: yeah that was a pretty solid argument in favor of in favor of the card there especially when you were talking about the protections which are, are obviously super important and Jenny can we can we name some names as well which providers will will kind of leave their customers better off if they end up choosing to use their card abroad
0: Yeah, we certainly can. um, Thanks to uh, some analysis that that Lauren worked on recently. So um, for debit cards, um, our top picks are Starling, which is um, actually a which recommended provider for current accounts. um, So there's a bonus there. Virgin Money's M plus accounts and Chase. None of those charge any fees um, for using your card abroad. Uh, The same also goes for Metro Bank, but that's only within Europe. And a similar caveat applies to Monzo. Um, Monzo is fee-free, but it has a uh, limit of £250 a month on um, the fee-free cash withdrawals um, that you can make. It, It goes down slightly to £200 if you're outside of Europe. For credit cards traditionally there's there's been more of a choice when it comes to credit cards more, more options that specifically uh market themselves as as uh, specialist travel cards the halifax clarity card is one that's been a, a top pick for years and years um, lots of listeners will probably have heard of it hopefully some of you have it as well because it it's a great pick also barclay card rewards and as the name suggests that has the added bonus of giving you 0.25 cash back on your spending and then you've also got uh, Metro Bank's personal credit card. And like the debit cards, none of the none of those are going to charge you for spending on your card or withdrawing cash abroad. Um, again, the caveat with Metro Bank is that that is only in Europe. Again, while we're on the subject of caveats, quick words on using your credit card abroad. First of all, make sure you pay off your balance in full every month to avoid paying interest. I mean, that, that goes for spending, whether you're in the UK or you're abroad. Um, if you are withdrawing cash on a credit card, though, really that that is that is best to be avoided wherever you are. You're going to be charged a higher rate of interest compared to normal spending of the card. On the card, interest also kicks in straight away. You don't get a grace period as you do with normal spending. Credit card withdra- uh, withdrawals, cash withdrawals, are often seen by lenders as a bit of a a bit of an alarm bell, um, a potential sign that you're in financial difficulty. Just withdraw cash sparingly on a credit card if if you're abroad. And just bear in mind that, um, yeah, taking out a, a couple of wads of cash is, is not going to have a huge impact on, on your credit score. But if you're doing that um, on a very regular basis, that there is there is a chance um, that that could have a negative bearing on on your future credit applications.
1: And Lauren, this is an important question. I don't know whether it's kind of like fact or fiction, whether you can do some myth busting for us. When it comes to using a card abroad, you know, if you end up using your regular card, perhaps, and it's not one of the ones that that Jenny's mentioned there, or maybe it is one of the ones perhaps, do you have to tell your bank that you're going abroad? Or are they then going to freeze your card if you don't tell them because you know they kind of flag it as as looking a bit suspicious if you if if they suddenly see card payments from overseas
3: well I'm not gonna say never um that you don't ever have to do that but when I wrote the recent money piece um for the magazine I did ask um the four big banks Barclays HSBC Lloyds and uh, Royal Bank of Scotland um whether you needed to tell them Um, before heading broad and they all told me that there's just no need Um, I think essentially your card will only be frozen um, if the transaction looks fraudulent so you know I imagine if you're going to be spending a huge amount in one transaction on something um, it might be flagged up as suspicious but if you're buying things like meals out drinks at the bar it shouldn't be marked as fraudulent um, and you should be fine some apps also have the option to let um the bank know that you're going abroad. So maybe just pop onto your app, have a little look, see if that you can do that in there.
1: See, this is yeah, this is all all good to know. So that's very reassuring from what you said there. Now, what about prepaid cards? I mentioned my prepaid travel card earlier on that I forgot the pin number for when I was in Italy earlier on in the year. And actually I remember getting that card myself for a trip a few years ago to a kind of far-flung Eastern European destination. It was very useful when I was over there are these cards always a, always a good option can they be a, a good option instead of paying on on your regular debit card or credit card you know get one of these uh, other other cards from from a different provider that's a specific travel card
3: i don't want to sound like a broken record but i do think the travel uh, specialist travel credit debit cards are better um you know some of the prepaid cards are terrible you have to pay application fees just for getting the card in the first place. Sometimes you have to pay monthly fees, um, which are ongoing. So, obviously, they can really add up. You could get charged for losing the card, for cancelling it. Sometimes you get um, told that you need to put a minimum amount to top up. That's not great, you know, if you're on the last day of your holiday and you only want to put another 50 quid on. Um, saying that, they're not all terrible. Revolut and Wise, for instance, don't charge monthly or expiry fees. Revolut doesn't charge to um, exchange your pounds up into foreign currency if you do it Monday to Friday. So do be careful about doing it on the weekend. Uh, Wise, on the other hand, does charge every day, but it's a really small 0.35% fee, which is pretty good, to be honest. So those two aren't too bad. Both of them allow you to take out up to £200 a month before they start charging fees. Um, so, yeah, similar, again, to sort of like Monzo, Um you can take out some from the ATM, but uh, after that they start charging you. But paying by card in a shop, absolutely free. You don't need to worry about that on those two prepaids um, and no foreign transaction fees to worry about. Um, I guess a really good thing about them is, is you can budget with them. So if you put on £500 for the week, that's all you've got unless you top it up. So maybe it's a good option for that reason. But yeah, I think the specialist cards are better
0: another potential selling point for prepaid cards is if, um, the, the simplicity of applying for one so you uh, usually you only need to pass an address check you don't need to go through a full like credit check rigmarole so if um, if you've got maybe a poor or a limited credit history and that's going to get in the way of you getting a, a, a decent credit card to take abroad or if you don't if you don't fancy having to open a whole new current account um, then yeah these are are worth considering but as Lauren says do do choose carefully because they they can come with like complex layers of fees and, and sometimes quite crappy exchange rates.
1: Yeah it's interesting that budgeting was mentioned there because that is something that I want to talk about before we wrap up today's episode but right now I'd quite like to talk about some research that popped into my inbox last week and it came from the post office's travel money annual report. Now which journalist Grace Witherden has been taking a look at it and I caught up with her earlier this week to discuss their findings.
4: So the post office has been looking into our holiday spending habits this year and in April they asked 2,000 adults if they were planning to take an overseas holiday this year and half of those surveys said that they are travel abroad this year rather than stay in the UK and that's because 64% of those said that The high cost of UK breaks were a key factor why they decided to go abroad. So I decided to look into this and I had a little look on booking.com. And for example, a holiday villa in Cornwall. So I've looked at a date in August, a week in August um, for two adults, two children under 10. And that was coming in at about £1,600 for the week. But then I looked at how much that would be compared to an all-inclusive, and an all-inclusive in the Canary Islands for the same week, two adults, two children under ten would cost two thousand two hundred and fifty pounds. You know that's less than a grand more, but that includes the flights and all of your meals. The survey also found that three quarters of holiday makers set a budget for the last holiday in abroad, but seven in ten said that they overspent and there are a lot of factors for this. Two thirds of these thought that they'd been ripped off, which made them spend more. What you should take away from that is it's probably always always going to cost more than you think it is. And it's good to take more cash with you because then you won't get stung by the charges.
1: So thanks to Grace for joining us there. And Lauren and Jenny, some really interesting stuff. Firstly, that many of us actually feel like we'll save money going abroad rather than holidaying at home. Does that resonate with you?
0: Yes, have you seen the prices of holiday cottages lately, Rob, in like the Lake District or, or Cornwall? <laughs> wow, I, I have. <laughs> and I can understand why, um, why a lot of people will, yeah, make a saving by by venturing further afield.
3: Yeah, I think there's really good bargain package holidays to be had abroad, to be honest. Um, in the UK, I do think it sort of depends where you want to go. Lot like, You mentioned, Jenny, two places, Lake District, Cornwall. They're always just like, wildly i'm not gonna say overpriced but they're very pricey
0: and more so since covid right because because there's been such a boom in demand yeah so they can they can command those yeah those high prices
3: absolutely yeah i mean if you're less picky about the place the season i mean i found some really good deals in like wales yorkshire dales but i don't always go in high season which travel did actually look into this exact question though last summer Um, And the data generally said, yeah, the UK was pricier than abroad. But when they looked at the same research for this summer, it was last year, admittedly, um, things seemed a little bit more comparable.
1: And, And then I suppose the one thing that definitely resonated with me the most, other than how expensive it is to holiday in the UK at the moment, is definitely that point about budgeting and how most of us start off with an aim to stick to a budget on a holiday and then not that many of us manage it. So to finish, this seems like the best place. What are your top tips to actually stick to a budget when overseas?
0: Do you know, I think my number one tip is to be realistic about how much things are actually going to cost. Um, and I think I, I, I um, yeah, could have could have taken that on board a bit more on my recent trip because it turns out Mexico is... Well, it's more expensive than I thought it would be, but it's actually um, a lot more expensive than it was even just a year ago. Um, there's this report that the post office puts out every year, looking at prices um, in holiday destinations of, across the world, and I think it, base, it bases it on eight um, items that that, that um, Brits are, are likely to 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 buy while they're on holiday. You know, things like, like drinks, food, sun cream, um, and the Bargain um, destinations, perhaps unsurprisingly, um, they are Turkey and Bulgaria. So the, the price of those eight items I think it's a three course meal, um, insect repellent, a bottle, bottle of beer, a glass of wine uh, £26 for all of that. And I can vouch for that as well. I, I went to Bulgaria a few years ago and um, it was phenomenally cheap and a lovely destination as well. At the other end of the scale, um, Iceland and Barbados for the same eight items you're looking at nearly 160 quid and actually unfortunately uh, I I, it made more sense to me after my trip but Mexico uh, specifically Cancun was was quite high up on the list so I think you've got to budget accordingly like familiarize yourself with what prices are likely to be out there and and make sure you're prepared
3: I totally feel you there Jenny when I went to Copenhagen um, it's my birthday in February 2020, before the lockdowns. I nearly cried when I saw all the prices. I spent so much money.
0: Yeah, when I went to Oslo, I I did a lot of thieving from the hotel breakfast buffet to get me through the
1: day. <laughs> Is that official witch advice, Jenny?
0: Maybe not. Let's keep that one off the record.
3: I think that's where, with budgeting, that's where cash and prepaid cards come into their own. Um, you know, we're saying uh credit cards specialist credit and debit cards are great, but they're really good for budgeting if you take out you know a thousand pounds in cash or 500 pound your prepay card and you say tell yourself you're not going to get any more out then it's probably quite a good way if you're a real overspender that's me I always struggle to stick to my budget but um yeah you could look at how much you've got per day and uh, work out how much you can spend each day I mean it's not exactly the funnest thing to do. But um, yeah, if you do struggle with that, it's probably the best, best way.
0: My final top tip that I, I'd really like to throw out there, it's, it's not strictly a budgeting tip, but it's something that will definitely save you money, is pay in the local currency. Make that your mantra. Um, you, you might be given the chance to, to pay a, a, a bill or, or um, take cash out from a machine in sterling rather than the local currency. And you might think, oh, yeah, that's that's handy. Yeah, they're, they're doing the exchange for me. Great. Why not? That is an absolute no no it's it's a really rubbish deal especially if you're already paying on one of the the good travel cards we've been talking about you'll get a much much more preferential rate so pay in local currency whenever you're given the option
1: Thank you so much to Lauren and Jenny for coming on the show today and to you as well for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. If you've got any questions you'd like us to cover in this podcast or even dedicate a whole episode to, then please email us, let us know in the comments as well, wherever you're listening, and you can get in touch. Podcasts at witch.co.uk. That's podcasts at witch.co.uk. For more money news and advice, find us on social media, we're at WitchMoney, and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money Podcast was produced by me, Rob Lilly, with additional support from Ian Aikman and Grace Witherden.